Hello everybody, welcome to this week's Retro Rewind where we are going to be talking about Cosmic Spacehead. Yes, that's right, we are talking about Cosmic Spacehead. So, last week we did Dark Watch, which we decided was, well, absolutely average, whereas this week it's Codemasters. Absolutely <laughs> brilliant. That splash screen. As soon as I saw that splash screen, I was like, "This." I knew I was meant to be playing this game. So, Cosmic Spacehead, what can I say? It is a hybrid platformer first-person shooter. It's got kind of cartoony, awesome graphics. It was released for the NES in 1992, and then it was remade for the, Mega, the usual lot, the Mega Drive, Game Gear, Master System... Windows or DOS at the time, and the Amiga, and so on and so forth. It is what I don't know. It is it's okay. So right, let's get into it. Dave, do you have any previous experience with Cosmic Spacehead? Because I can tell you, I had never heard of it until it was last week or two weeks ago. Well, I I think I would have heard about it, but uh, in accordance with last week, you see, when I see the name Codemasters, it's kind of like a vampire with a cross, where I have to avert <laughs> my eyes, I feel burning. Um, so no, no, I'd never heard of this before. Wow, it's it's an odd one. I mean, it's an odd one that you're not a fan of Codemasters, because they did have some absolutely, like on the first person shooter front, Operation Flashpoint. Amazing FPS. It was, it was brilliant. Uh, they, well, uh, to be fair, they seemed to get their act together later on when they started doing, like, Dirt. Yeah, Dirt. Or what are they, Colin McRae? I can't remember. I think they are they were Colin McRae. Also, like, Taka. Remember Taka racing? No. What is Taka? Oh, God. Taka. Taka was the, tour the touring cars. You know, like, you're, it's the British version of the one in America where they just go around in circles. NASCAR! NASCAR! Except Taka oh. are, are more NASCAR-y type cars, touring cars, that are driven on, like, Formula One-style tracks for many, 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 many laps. Oh, that so, so why are they called touring cars? Just out of curiosity. I take it they're not, like, you know, the scientist okay. guy Turing. Right. But like someone, touring. Someone can correct me on this, but in the world of motors, you get a touring car, which is supposed to be your bigger, comfier, long-haul car. And the, the rules for, for touring car racing was that it was supposed to be a, a long-drive car, a, a more retail car than a Formula One car, if that makes any sense. Uh, stock. Yes, yes, that kind of thing. Okay. Although they are modified and they've got plastic bits hanging off them. We're talking okay. about Taka. And <laughs> no, we can keep talking about Taka. We could, we could. But we have got Cosmic Spacehead to get into. So we do. You start off, you are bang smack in the middle of a screen and you've got your traditional point and click controls. You've got your verbs. So you've got use, pick up, look at, this, that, and the other. And you've got a mouse, which you control with your up, down, left, and right. You can change your verbs with the B button and action that with the C button. Very, very nice. Very nice controls. Um, if you've played Maniac Mansion on the on the NES, not the SNES, if you've played it on the NES, it's very much that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Where you can see your full verb bar underneath at all yes. times. 
And I will say, uh, first off, not not talking about anything but the controls, they did Uh a bang-up job. Yeah. I didn't think a Genesis would do that well in the old point-and-click, but they've pulled it off where it's not really much of a hitch. Like, I managed to play an hour, hour and a half, with no manual whatsoever, just because it felt that intuitive. Good man. I'm actually, I'm very, I find that very heartwarming. So, Dave, (laughs) thank you for, for, like, persevering for that long. Um, <laughs> so you've got your point and click and you're in a land with a there's a post office on the left so nat- naturally what you're going to do is you're going to go into the post office there's a few characters, this is where you start to get a feel for the kind of comedy and slapsticky loveliness of the game you try and pick up the cashier person it comes up in a wee bit at the bottom says, I can't pick her up this is a family game and so on and so forth, it's very very kind of nicely done i like things like that if you try and combine two things that shouldn't be combined it says you know this is getting desperate (laughs) yeah i I did see that okay now hold on craig um i'm sorry to keep interrupting you but there are moments now you're saying naturally you would go into the post office yes i like to disagree (laughs) because naturally you you go to the right yes (laughs) i thought i thought that might be the case. So if you do do what Dave and maybe many other people naturally do, like, I don't know what it is about point and click, but I would like to explore that scene before I move on. If now see, it right, always takes me a little bit to realize, wait, this is point and click. Those buildings uh, are actually something. Yeah. Not yeah, just enough. window dressing. Yeah. Fair enough. But if you do head right, you will actually stumble upon a platforming section. So the game's um, main areas, they're kind of like uh, cities, towns, and various bits and bobs of beachfront and this, that, and the other. They're split up by r- rather satisfying platforming areas uh, themed on the surrounding areas. So the first one you get to, you've got to jump, duck, and weave your way through springy wee spring things with eyes it's bon- It's absolutely bonkers <laughs> you should just if you're not going to play it go and have a, a look at a YouTube right. video Nuts. Craig here yes. in the states uh, in, yes. in case you didn't know uh, states people this is very European humour which I do like because I love your, you know British humour European humour I dig that uh-huh. uh, it is also very European platforming and I would say it's kind of a cross between, we were just talking about it, uh, it's kind of a cross between like James Pond and Commander Keen in terms it's, of platforming. I, uh, the, the platforming sections, you can't attack. You've got various enemies and projectiles to dodge and you have the ability to jump and change trajectory. You have, it's very smooth, very on point platforming. I, I found it an absolute pleasant thing. What, what did you think of the platforming control and feel? If the color scheme didn't tell me and the humor didn't <laughs> tell me, the platforming would have said, this is European. Craig, 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 you sneaky bastard. Right? <laughs> like, um, and the enemy design, like you said, it's a bit bonkers, right? It's just kind of mm-hmm. everything. Here in the States, when we're referring to a, um, a game like that, which is almost always European, it's always the explosion at the asset factory. Uh, what about this asset? Yeah, throw it in. It'll be an enemy. It's a spring, whatever. And then this yeah. one, you'll have to collect goldfish for some reason. You know, it, that's just very European feel to it. Um, as for the platforming, it's not as frustrating as some European platformers I've played. 
Mm-hmm. So I'll give it that. I did find it easy, but to be fair, I didn't get that very far. That very That's... far. Wow, English. Whew. Uh, um, I, I, I may have spent yeah. an hour and a half on it, but I didn't get very far. <laughs> okay. That's that's perfectly that's perfectly acceptable. Um I did finish this game and there's there's a couple of platforming sections towards the end. Dave, I if you had got to them I think you might have liked. One of them was you had enemy flying guys and everything was in the trees, but it was pitch the the screen was blank until you got a flash of lightning and then maybe a split second you could see the platforms and you had to make your way through the stage every just every flash you had to move you had to make your oh that's nice yeah i I like it when games do that yeah it was it was really pretty cool um do you ever get an ability to take care of a monster i said that very politically no no you don't get the ability to in any way shape or form deal with the baddies you are constantly ducking and dodging and it does get slightly more difficult you start getting diagonal trajectories of flying things you get um guys that'll explode when you approach them so you need to approach them you know like approach run away wait till oh okay and then move on and uh, I, th- I thought the platforming was great i thought the control of the point and click was great so i'm going to take a step away from that and go with the story so cosmic spacehead do this we did you come from the planet linoleum and you want to visit earth Ba-dumps. because What's wrong with linoleum? Linoleum, the planet linoleum, there's Lino City, Lino... Linoville, maybe, as well. Uh, You've got um, Formica Town, and things like that. I honestly, I thought it was really... It it charmed the balls off me. I just thought it was absolutely wonderful. What wasn't so wonderful was the actual point-and-click puzzling side of things it was oh I think it's nice quite... to hear you might have had some trouble with those because some of them were like really obtuse it was odd some some weird weird things you get a letter at some point and you have to go to the post office to post it do a level and then return to the post office to pick up a reply and none of it's really clearly ever explained so I felt by halfway through the game I was into a guide because I wanted to finish it but I just couldn't I couldn't bring myself to work my way through it and that coming from me is it's a sign that it, the puzzling wasn't quite there for me and it let it let the game down because I think most of it was okay now I'm curious here uh, number one how did you take care of the monster Craig I couldn't figure it out the big lizard guy yeah Oh, well, what are you going to do? You give him your helium balloons that you got out of a machine. He oh. floats off up into the sky. It's hilarious. <laughs> but the weight ratio! The weight ratio yeah, wouldn't I work. I know. Okay. That's um, what made it funny. Before I, I a, ask a couple questions, I will say yeah. there was no gum on the floor. There was so no this floor. is immediately better than Day of the Tentacle. <laughs> um, so, you had a problem with how obtuse it was. Now, this will be a little weird coming from me, but I think I might understand why. Because what would you think of the replay value of this? Like, if you got this cart at, like, 10-year-old Craig. Yeah. Would you, if you managed to finish it in the, like, hour and a half, two hours? Yep. Would you ever play it again? No. 
Uh, and I'm not, I'm not like, haha, caught you. I'm not setting a trap. I'm just like, maybe that's why those puzzles were so obtuse. Yeah, it might be. You might be onto something there. It might be just to lengthen the game, which is unfortunate. But, yeah, because whereas something like, let's say, Maniac Mansion or King's Quest or any of those, there are they are longer, and there's mm-hmm. more in them. Like you may play Day of the Tentacle again just to enjoy the animation and the voice oh, yeah, acting yeah. and things like that. Whereas here. All you've really got is the graphical design and the strength of the puzzles. Yes. So I, I, I'm kind of willing to give them a bit of leeway because if you are really into those things and you weren't, say, playing it for Deadline like you are now, it may have been fun to let that puzzle kind of ruminate in your head for a day or two and, oh, okay, I got it, kind it of thing. There is, there's a couple of really nice things, I think, just to, just to put the curve back on the app. Uh, one to get I was talking on the up. Oh, I no, was I'm giving just carrying a... on the upness. Okay. Okay. I'm carrying on the upness. One of my favourite things, never seen before, I thought it was hilarious, is there's a pool of water you have to cross. You've got a surfboard. You can't use the surfboard on it. You're like, what on? What am I going to do with this? Oh, hang on, I've got a bag of icing sugar. Dump the icing sugar in the water and it turns into icing. You can just walk over it. <laughs> I just did that. It was like... Oh. <laughs> That's funny. See, is that European humor? Is that what you're talking about? Um, yeah, you know, you know how I'll put this. It's like, it's like when that uncle that you, that crazy uncle that wears the squirting flower and the spinning bow tie shows up at your house, uh-huh. and his jokes are not good, but you're smiling because you're enjoying it. Like it's the ones yes. where you groan with a smile on your face. Yes, I think actually, yeah, you're you're, you're right. I kind of I kind of enjoyed that. The one mechanic that I've I've never seen before, probably because I've never been presented with the opportunity to see it before, is between four locations in game there are four teleporting stations. I don't know if you got the chance to use any of them, Dave, but each one imbues you with a different power. So at some point there's a really dark tunnel, and you can't you don't know how to get through that tunnel. It it's a a platforming section, but it's in pitch black. So just before you get to the tunnel, you find out that if you teleport to a particular location, you glow. So you can then teleport to that location, work your way back to the tunnel, and you're glowing inside the platforming section. You can work your way through it. There's another one that clones you. So there's a puzzle where there's a button that needs to be pressed in two different locations. So you have to go through the cloning one to then use two, you control both characters and you can make them press the buttons. There's a superpower one, so it gives you the ability to jump really far and essentially one of the puzzles is solved by you jumping over it by um, having gone through this teleporter. And I think now, oh, uh, I'm sorry, just in case you didn't know, listener, we do record these a little in advance. <laughs> a little. Mm-hmm. And, a little. um, I, after I, I did like the hour and a half and I was like, okay, that's, you know, I don't really want to play anymore. I did watch a video, so I know what you're talking about, but I don't okay. remember if I got to that point or not. That's fair enough. Cause, cause it was, it was interesting enough for me to want to see more of the game. I haven't finished the mm-hmm. whole, like watching it. Cause the long play is like an hour, hour and a half somewhere there. Yep. So I haven't quite finished it yet. Uh, one thing okay. I would like to talk about if yes. you don't mind. Is the graphic design. Yes. Did I, it hurt I, your eyeballs at first? It, 
At first, it's a wee bit jarring because it's so bright and mad. But I got very, very quickly very used to it, and I actually found I quite liked it. It did it have a uh, I know I mentioned it already. Did it have kind of a Lucas Arts vibe to it for you? Yeah, like I got a it very Sam and Max vibe out of it. Very much so. It's the exaggerated curves on the buildings and the, yeah, that's the it. Distortedness of it. It just it that's where it was, and it it worked for me. The platform and not so much the platform and was very kind of straight edged and straight laced. But those those city scenes, yeah, hundred percent Lucas Arts. It was. It was nice to see. What hurt my eyeballs, Dave, was the music. Oh, oh my, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> now, let's give credit where credit is due, all right? So, Europeans can make some rockin' jams, especially when it comes to C64 music. Like, those guys are ace. Mm-hmm. These guys <sighs> could have learned a lot from those guys. <laughs> oh, I, I'm not too sure whether it was a charity thing and the music was produced by deaf people, <laughs> but... <laughs> Honestly, I I couldn't find one tune in it that I thought I can listen to this for more than a few seconds. I'm sorry. I'm sorry <laughs> to whoever put work into that. I, the game, it was it, the thing is, it, the game was never ruined by the music because it was too busy being ruined by other things. But it, <laughs> it never ruined the the game, and it never helped. I I I did a little bit of an experiment with this game. Mm-hmm. So. I let my wife, I just put headphones on her, yeah. and I played that opening track when you start in front of the post office. Yeah. And she, I made her listen to it for five minutes. Right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. And then I said, what do you think? And she wanted to punch me in the face. And I said, <laughs> now, is this any better? And you, since you're a Zelda man, you know, once your hearts get low, it's beep, 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 yeah. beep, beep. Yeah. I let her listen to that for a minute. And she said she preferred the Zelda beeping. Oh my so, god, yeah. So, yeah, um, I didn't play without sound. I, I gritted my teeth through a lot of it, but, yeah, it is, it, it was it's, bad. It's rough, it's rough. Now, that, that, I don't want to take the spotlight off, potentially the worst, and I, I've got to say I was quite fond of this game before I said this, but this is potentially the worst thing I've ever experienced in any game ever in my entire life, the the worst thing. I don't know if you saw this in the video, Dave, but at some point you you're in a factory, you've got another boss fight, it's a big robot, you free all the workers. One of the workers says, Here dude, take my car keys, on you go. Well hold on, before you go, mm-hmm. uh explain the boss fights, the way they work. Okay, because right. So there's there's they're a few not key normal. boss fights. They're not normal at all. The bosses are solved by your traditional point and click method so you've got your big green lizard man who just oh it just looked like a cuddly toy or something it was lovely i would like to stuff plushie you give him a helium balloons and he floats off into the sky uh your next major your next major major boss fight is actually about half three quarters of the way through the game and it's a gigantic robot that i'm going to use dave's word because it's the only word i can think of i don't want to say throw a hux cars and metal bits at you so he's hucking all this trash at you and you cannot get past him you can't jump this stuff it seems to bounce just so that it hits you no matter what but through various bits and bobs investigation you find some pipes that lead back to a furnace and you find a, um, a fire extinguisher 
you put out the furnace and it actually shuts them down. So it's really it's point and click bosses, which is kind of cool. I, I quite liked it because it it gives you time to think and mull over how to beat something. It, it reminded being... me, and I'd, I'd be curious to see what you actually think of this game. Maybe I'll pick this for a uh, retro rewind sometime. It reminded me of like Pac Man Two bosses because Pac Man Two was a point and click adventure game. That sounds interesting. For some strange reason. Like, the mechanics were weird because Pac-Man had a mind of its own, and you were this omniscient guy who had to point at things. But if you pointed at too many things, he would sulk and not pay attention to you. But sometimes you wanted him to do that so you could solve a puzzle. It was very weird. I think you might like it, actually. You just gave me flashbacks of Pino. Oh, that's almost it exactly. That's right. (laughs) If you take away the stat-building part of uh, Uh Wonder Project J, that's Pac-Man 2. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm sorry. But but yeah, that's what the bosses remind me of. They're not bosses in a traditional platformer sense. They're puzzly. They are. That's nice. So anyway, you beat this gigantic robot, and yes, that's great. Guy gives you a car. You jump in his car, and you get uh, a flying uh, horizontal scrolling space scene where you're avoiding meteors. Great. So I start getting to avoiding meters. It's there's no safe zones in this. Your car takes up about a third of the <laughs> height of the screen, and you just have to move up and down. But avoiding asteroids, and it's like, when is this gonna? It's gonna end soon. It's gonna end soon. And then a few come in, and I think, oh no, I move, I miss it. It's gonna end soon. It's gonna end soon. And I think I'm not getting this. Pause it onto Google. Like, Cosmic spacehead, meteor, car first answer at the top was you're supposed to let the meteors hit you so that you run into trouble <laughs> and land on the nearest planet oh, oh I I, there was nothing to signpost that this should happen, you needed to go out of your way to get the asteroids to hit you, it wasn't like you avoided them for a couple of minutes and then an unavoidable asteroid comes in to get you I started actually thinking, do you remember, I can't remember what game it was, but there was a dev that released a game, oh, it was, um, and you hate this game as well, but Game Dev Story. Oh, um, yeah. The the devs released a, a game, uh, they also leaked a pirated version of the game onto the torrent sites and stuff like that, but the pirated version of the game, when you started developing, you started developing good games your game sales in-game would be ruined by piracy. So people took to the forums and they said, I can't make any money, my game keeps on getting ruined by piracy, and the devs are like, yeah, that's because you pirated the game. And I I love those stories about developers that pull that stuff and then people complain about it. Oh, it's so good. It's just, it's it's one of those things. But then I started thinking, I wonder if I've downloaded, you know, like a pirated rom of a mega drive <laughs> game and and this scene just never ends and i'm just gonna keep on going and going and going and i i start i, I was i was going absolutely mad avoiding asteroids <laughs> so that was that was embarrassing but you eventually get to a space station where you need to refuel and you need to go through five points and each point is another point and click zone to figure out something and that's it you land on earth and job done. So, so, wait, wait a minute. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm a little confused. Yes. 
Uh, well, first of all, I'm curious. What happens when you run out of lives? Because I never did in the time I played. I, I didn't run out of lives either, actually. I wonder, uh, I wonder if it, it couldn't possibly just game over you, could it? I would hope not, because the password points are few and far between. I only yeah. have three password points. Uh, well, that might have been another like time-extending measure, too. Yeah. You've had, um, in fact, and that's yeah, just the era it's in. I'd be surprised if it wasn't just, you know, typing that password you should have picked up. The 16-digit code that it is. Whoa, I am so glad those days are over. <laughs> Was it a zero yeah. or an O? I don't remember. <laughs> um, yeah. you know, my question is, okay, so, Mr. Spaceface. Yes. Is he not a superhero? I don't no. get that part of this. Okay. So, he's just a little boy dressed like a superhero. He is. He's a little boy dressed as a superhero. As I said, you do get superpowers from one of the teleporters, but no, he's just a regular alien boy. Okay. Um, Well, maybe he's hiding tentacles under his hat. I mean, let's be fair. So then, Craig, with the asteroid debacle and all the other minor things you don't like, Mm -hmm. would you pick this up at a thrift shop for 10 bucks? No. No. Not even just to own. Wow. Well, you know, I'm not, I'm not a collector anyway. But I think I was going to say I think it served its purpose. No, it didn't. It didn't. It, I don't think it served its purpose. I wish there was more of this type of game. Do you know that? I wish there was more point and click platformer hybrid, or just something, or the point and click bosses, or there's something in it that's just magical. I wish more of... I, I know of a few. I don't know of too many. Yeah, there's, there's something awesome about that mashup that I just... I'd, I'd never... Never thought about it before. And yet again, it's another, like, PC-as-all-hell game on a Genesis. Which is yes. another weird thing that goes on. Like, we've run into that a couple times here already. Um, personally... Uh, if I saw this, at, uh, like say my local local Salvation Army, I'd probably pick it up, just because I could point this game and go, "Bet you can never play this." Uh this is this is quite the oddity. It's it's very much. I mean, I was just gonna say. I think if we wind up now, how how would you? Say, and you've just said it already. It's it's quite the oddity. It is quite. So last week's was absolutely average, and this is absolutely odd. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I didn't mind this as much as I minded, um, say, playing through Day of the Tentacle again. Not that Day of the Tentacle is a bad game, it's just not my jam. Uh, I think it was mainly because of the platformer sections. It was always like, well, Mm -hmm. you know, I can always go platform for a bit to blow off some steam. Yeah, yeah. And put icing on a puddle. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but I, I now I wouldn't say this is as funny as say a LucasArts game, but it's not as dead serious as say a Sierra game either. It's kind of somewhere in the middle. I think I said to you last night, maybe when we were shooting each other in the, or I was shooting you in the face. And yeah, you, you were shooting attempting. me in the face. Yeah, I've never played a game that I've kind of really become quite fond of quite quickly, but also quite hated quite quickly at the same time. <laughs> it's so odd you can never you can never 
Well, that's yeah. kind of the feeling. Like, like you don't have to like something to appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Like that—that's me with adventure games. I don't like them, yeah, but I appreciate fun. them. And I like. I, oh, I see what you're doing. Yeah, I have. I very much, very much like this. For on that, not so much as a game, but as a thing. The whole thing, it's it it is great. It's just there's a few. Oh, did you talk about, about how, did, how did you stumble across it? I don't can't remember you if you said it or not. Oh, how how did I how did I find that? Um, do you know what? That's a very good question. That's a very, very, very good question. I think it's one or two more varies for time. <laughs> I know. I it, I don't. I, how how many times can I say very until I remember? If I remember right, at some point when we were looking at retro rewind games, and this might have been Dave. I've had this in the bag for ages, thinking I, I want to play us, but I want oh, to okay, it. I didn't know that. Um. And at some point, I was looking at uh, Luke had chosen to play. What did he pick to play? Uh, not Rayman. Jesus, Earthworm Jim. I thought, oh, oh you okay, know, like Cool Spot. Um, would you call him him with the big nose, big nose Larry? Thingamabobber. Ah, oh. him with the big anyway. nose. Yeah, have you not played that? It's a Mega Drive game. Let me let me try and I'm gonna Google this. Big nose. Because I can't believe you've not Yeah, it's the guy with the big nose. Jesus. Big nose freaks out. You ever seen Big no. Nose Freaks Out? Go and Google Big Nose Freaks Out. Anyway, um and I've just Googled and I've got a bunch of similar titles or people also search for Fantastic Dizzy, Chuck Rock, Astrid, Oh, That's it! That's it! Cool as soon as I played it, yeah. I was like Oh, this is dizzy as all hell. Yeah, yeah. And I couldn't it, think of what it was. Okay, thank you so much. And it was something about I was I was just googling through, and I just stumbled across it. And I thought, out of all of these guys, I've played all of those games. I have never played this. And then when I started reading about it, it's this hybrid point-and-click adventure. I thought I'll give it a gap between when I last kind of went on a point-and-click rant, and and pick it up now. So that's that's how. That's how we came to be here, Dave. Okay. Um, first of all, what is with you people and Codemasters on this, even this big nose freaks out thing? What What is what is with you people? Codemasters are absolutely brilliant. <laughs> no! Um, second of all, please, please don't pick that at any point. Please out. don't pick that. Have you, like, have you seen it? The cover art I've, is fantastic. Here, okay. <clears throat> here it was a fifty-two and one kind of game. Oh right, yeah. So it was it was like um here those budget cards that were like four games in one. It was things like Dizzy. It was things like Big Nose. As a matter of fact, Dizzy wasn't a six in one NES card. So Poor Dizzy. Dizzy, I guess that Dizzy deserves a standalone release. No, no. I love his design. I love things like the yoke folk that just makes uh-huh. me giggle. That's great. That game is terrible. <laughs> but yeah, like like almost maybe that's why I have such a bias against Codemasters. Like almost all of their stuff, like pre SNES, was uh-huh. ah. This is an eighty-two and one cart. Look, it's full of Codemasters oh. stuff. Knock yourself out. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Whereas over here, Codemasters were king. Codemasters were god. 
Yeah. Odd one. Odd one. Anyway, Dave. Thank you. Alright, so Pe- like oh, genuinely don't... I w- I was gonna say thank you for actually giving this a good bash despite the, the genre. <laughs> it's much, much That's alright. Um pretty soon you'll be playing a number crunching strategy game where all you see are numbers and static images. I, I uh, no. that Oh ooh, ooh, we might we might be in for a treat old boy. Yeah. Um I I have absolutely no problem giving anything a shot. And the fact that you like these games so much, it doesn't so much like infuriate me. Yeah. It it puzzles me to death. Of like, how could how could this almost be somebody's favorite genre? Yeah. How? So it's, yeah, I'm always I'm always game for trying it. Mm-hmm. It's like Good Kelsey. Stuff. How is Animal Crossing worth three hundred hours? How? I have no idea, but I'll try it and then go. No, you're crazy. Have you played the the mobile Animal Crossing? No, I haven't played like like the uh, the yeah I guess mobile phone game. No, I haven't played that yeah. yet. Oh, sorry. Yes, the the cell phone game. Yes, you got that there. The cell phone cell phone game. No, no, I haven't tried it. Have you? Yeah, yeah. It's. It's along the same lines as the Fire Emblem mobile game and many other ones where you play it and play it and play it and play it, play it, play it, play it, play it Pokemon Go, play it, play it, play it, play it, stop. End. Done. I can't be bothered. Can't <laughs> um, be bothered the only one I tried was Super Mario Run and I got kind of bored of that rather quickly. I know Mike really liked that Fire Emblem one, didn't he? He did make love to Fire Emblem. I think he didn't stop playing it. I think he actually lost part of his thumb. It just worn down on the glass. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah. The Super Mario Run thing, interestingly, it, it, I didn't like that for the same reason I'm worried about the new Super Meat Boy game that we spoke about three months ago and what we're looking forward to in 2018. Because um, the what was the problem? Auto running. Oh, running, like endless running. running. Oh, okay. And, I, I, there's something about it that I just I think it takes away a lot of what makes the game a game and it turns into just reflexes the thing that Super Meat Boy is going for it is it should still be tough it should be so difficult that you are playing the same level again and again and again despite the fact that it's running by itself whereas Mario felt a bit more do 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 I'm jumping here yeah Mario was very laissez faire yeah, like it yeah. didn't really get any teeth to it. Um, I see that's another place where we differ a little bit. I kind of like the test of quick reflexes and skill of like recognizing, okay, I got a duck jumped up in like 0.5 seconds of endless runners. Yeah, I that's the thing. I like on platforming, I think it's terrible. I like almost every other reflexy, twitchy game out there. But the it's the platformers. I think it's adding endless running to a genre that doesn't. Need oh, the thing. fact that it never ends. No, it's. No, it's not. It's not even that it didn't end because things like you keep, you keep you. You've mentioned a few times over the years, race the sun, which is just oh yeah, lovely to play. It's just amazing to play, and I don't mind that it never ends. It's something specific to platforming. And auto running. That's okay. that's my. I just don't like it. I, I don't. I don't think it works for me. Well, Craig, but I'll give Super Meat Boy a try. 
<laughs> oh yeah, it's Super Meat Boy. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I have uh, all right. All right, check this segue, boys. Uh-huh. Um, so you know a platformer that doesn't go on forever and ever and ever actually has an end. Yeah. Oh, what is that? And since you know, uh, over the last couple of weeks, we've played as a man in Dark Watch. We've played as yes. a boy in mm-hmm. Cosmic Space Face. Now it's time for us to play as a baby, and that baby's name is Upa. And if you will give me a moment, <clears throat> I will try to pronounce the Japanese name and then the translated name you'll probably end up Googling to get it. Okay. Give me a moment. Should, I, should we get a drum roll? No, wait. Okay. All right. Actually, it's not as bad as I thought it was. Oh, okay. okay. So, the the uh, absolute name of it is Biomiracle Bakute Upa, right? You would know that as like, hi, I'm baby Upa, or just Biomiracle Upa. Okay. You play as a baby that crawls from left to right. Sometimes you have to crawl through a cake and eat your way through a cake, kind of like Dig Dug. And you hit things with your rattle and they inflate and you ride on them and it's so fun. And we will see you next time where we play as babies. Bring your pacifiers. Yes! Ah, uh, that's gonna be so fun. Thank you.